0: If you want to be an overcomer, you have to learn to overcome. If you want to be a winner, you have to learn how to win. And uh, I think it'll help you. Lord, I pray you bless the message. I pray it would, uh, Lord, that I would be able to finish it. I pray it would be able to be understood. I pray it would be helpful and encouraging, challenging. Uh, Lord, no one in here is a loser. Or deliver us from living like it. Lord, I pray you'd help us. Fill us with your power. Use the message, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. The word overcome means this to conquer, to vanquish, to subdue, to overcome enemies in battle. It's like to win against, but a little more. The word overcomer means one who, now this is, like I said, this ain't rocket science, okay? It means one who conquers one who vanquishes one who subdues or one who wins all right now let me just give you some thoughts i got a super long introduction a real short sermon okay so i want to help you let me just i want you to think about overcoming first of all overcoming implies there is a powerful adversary I don't know who won on Saturday. That wasn't here. But if you won a game like, let's say, like 70-20, to 20, okay, just pull that number out of the air. Let's just say you won a football game 70-20. to 20. If you were the winning team and you scored 70, you wouldn't go into the locker room and say, we overcame. It's a bad game. Nah. You would say, we won. I mean, we killed them, all right. Uh, so uh, I don't know what that feels like, but uh, but you would you would say we won? We didn't overcome. Now, if you came back, you were down. You came back. You kicked a game winning field goal. You won the game. It was down to the wire. You may go into the locker room and say. Man, we overcame. We was missing a player. Uh, uh, You know, this player got hurt and we still won. We overcame the odds. We overcame the the difficulty. So overcoming implies a powerful adversary. The devil is your adversary, all right? The world is your adversary. Uh, Your flesh is your adversary. You have a powerful adversary. Then number two, overcoming involves a personal struggle. If you look at every single one of those passages we just read, here's what it says to him, to him, singular, singular, one person. Your ability to overcome is up to you. Whether or not you win or lose in this thing of life, spiritual life, physical life, emotional, it's up to you. There is no one for you to blame. It's yours. Own it. Well, you don't know what I've been through. No, but I know somebody that's been through what you've been through, and they made it because they chose to. So you can as well, but it's up to you. Uh, this is yours. If you want to be an overcomer, you, you have to overcome. I can't overcome for you. Your mama overcame. Your daddy overcame. But you ca- they cannot overcome for you. You have to learn to overcome if you're going to be an overcomer. Number three, overcoming is the price of success. In order to win, you have to play, you have to fight, you have to participate. Some of you that don't play football, you're out there like, hey, we won, we won. And the team looks at you like, we who? (laughs) You got a mouse in your pocket? We won. We played the game. We were on the field. We sweated. We fell. We got dirty. You sat and watched. So overcoming is the price of success. I'm going to be honest with you. There's no winner's circle. Because true winning isn't about the circle, it's about the struggle. It's not about the outcome, it's about the overcoming. And so number four, let me say this, overcoming possesses a great satisfaction. There is a blessing to winning. And I don't just mean pride, okay? There's a prize, there's a trophy, there's a ring pop. uh, There's a prize to winning, okay? And the same is true for overcoming. We just read all those. I want to help you to understand what overcomers get or the blessing of overcoming. Let me show them to you. Look back at Revelation chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. He says in verse number 6, But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith in the churches. To him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Now what he's saying here is this. You're going to have problems. You're going to face needs. Okay? So we're talking about overcoming. So in this passage, you must overcome problems. You're going to have, you're going to have needs. Uh, you're going to have things that that you that you need to accomplish or you need to provide for. And here's what the world says. There's an easier way. The way you're doing it, it's real hard. You're, you, you, you don't allow yourself to do this or to do that, and, and you have all these restrictions on yourself. In this passage, the motives and means of making money were messed up. They were wrong. The Nicolaitans or the doctrine of the Nicolaitans or the deeds of the Nicolaitans, that has to do with compromise. And they were compromising. They were carnal. And the reason they were doing it was for compensation. By the way, that's, that's the reason we all compromise. For a friend, for a relationship, for money. And what he says here is if you will overcome that desire to have things, you will overcome uh, the, 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 the temptation to trust someone else to provide your needs. If you will overcome thinking you have to do it all, and that you have to, to, to make his meet, and you have to be the one to provide. If you can overcome that, here's the blessing. To him that overcometh, the Bible says, "I will will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. If you can overcome problems, the blessing is provision. What do I mean by that? It's not going to necessarily... You don't solve your problems just by praying. You solve your problems by praying, getting the answer from God, and implementing whatever he said to do to get the answer doc used to say this uh a preacher used to say this the the best place to pray uh, for a good garden is at the end of a hole handle doc used to say every time i prayed for for extra money god gave me a job yeah so if i if i want to solve my problems or or if i overcome my problems of trusting me trusting the world uh, uh chasing filthy lucre and i'll stay faithful and right to my principles God will provide. But now look, everybody wants to be an overcomer. Not everybody wants to overcome. And they they get lost in the battle. They get lost in the struggle. So number one, the blessing of of overcoming problems is overcoming or or is, is getting provision. Then look down at verse number 10. Keep your Bibles open. We're going through the whole two chapters of Revelation if I can. I want to. Verse number 10, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be heard of the second death. Now I believe here in this passage, we' are, he's talking about overcoming persecution. The church was suffering, and some were even being killed. Now, I don't think anybody's looking for uh, or anybody's gonna bust in here and cut your head off, all right. We live in America and we're blessed that way. All right, but somebody may take your head off. Somebody may chew your head off. Somebody may may mistreat you. Uh, some someone may hurt you and uh, and and you will face persecution either from within in here or from without out there. Now, if you're not facing persecution or you're not being attacked by the devil, you're probably helping him. I used to watch a lot of wrestling when I was a kid. The the tag team partner didn't hit his partner, he hit the other team. So if you're not being attacked, if you're not struggling, if if you don't know that the devil's after you, you may be tagging in and out with him. Be real careful about that. It's okay if you are uh, being attacked and you just gotta learn to overcome. It may be friends, it may be family, it may be foes, it may be finances, Uh, you may be homesick, you may be lonely, you may not have made any friends, you may be missing your family, your family back home may not be supportive, maybe your job didn't work out. I don't know what the situation is, but here's what happens whenever we face persecution, all right, where where it's our persecution, your generation's version of persecution, uh, it's not getting your head cut off, it's it's not being martyred, And, and instead it's verbal, all right, or it's, a, or it's some form of, of your brand of persecution, something that hurts you, what do you do? Well, you overcome, and if you overcome, here's what God promises. Protection. Protection. He says you will be unhurt by the second death. Now, obviously, if you're saved, you're like, I'm not, I'm not going to go to the second death anyway. You know, I think there's a dual meaning there. I think he means not just that there's no hell for you. I think that he means on that judgment day, whenever everybody else is cast in the lake of fire, if you'll stay faithful even amidst persecution, if you'll still do the job of, of, of being a good testimony and, and, and witnessing for Christ, then you'll be unhurt by the second death or you will have no shame at the judgment seat. But if you give in under pressure, if, if you cave the persecution, then let me me just tell you, you, when you're watching them throw them in that you could have won or that if you would have been a better witness or if you would have been a better testimony, I think there's going to be a lot of people affected by the the second death. But here he says if, if, if you will stay faithful, if you will overcome, you will be able to be unhurt. In the life of a Christian, nothing that goes wrong on this earth affects eternity. You realize that? Hey, wake up. Do you realize that? There is nothing that goes wrong here that changes over there. And you're going to be over there a lot longer than you're here. So if things are tough right now, or, or you're going through a hard time right now, I remember Doc used to say, if you can solve the problem with time, with time or money, it's not a real problem. Now, now, it's easy for me to say that because it's your problem. But I'm just telling you, over there, you're still saved. You're still going to heaven. You're still a child of God. You're still able to win people to Christ. It's temporal. It's temporal. And so if I can overcome that persecution, he says, he'll give me protection. He will keep me from being hurt. Now, you say, well, I I got hurt and I'm trying my best. No, 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 he'll keep me from being hurt over there. Over there. And in number three, let me say this. Look at verse number 17. The Bible says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the hidden manna, and, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth saving he that receiveth. In this passage, all right, if you go back up to verse 14, he has a few things against them, because this this church not only has some that holds the doctrine of Balaam, verse number fourteen, but in verse number fifteen, they also hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which I hate. Do you all see that right there, verse 15? He hates. He hates, he hates, he hates. Jesus don't just love you. There are some things that Jesus hates. Now that's in the Bible, all right? Red words, King James, all right? He says he hates it. Repent or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against him with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said in the churches. To him that overcometh, overcometh what? Balaam and the Nicolaitans and those that are given to those doctrines. If you can overcome those, then guess what? Uh, he says, I will give them a white stone. Now, I've not researched this white stone. I heard a sermon one time on the white stone. It was really, really good. It's completely different than what I'm going to say, but uh, it was really, really good. Really, really good sermon. All right. Uh, but if you can overcome the philosophy Philosophy and the practices of the world. Balaam and the Nicolaitans. Compromise and carnality, that's the Nicolaitans. Idolatry, deception, fornication, that's Balaam. If you can overcome the philosophies and practices of the world, here's what he says he'll give you. Look back at verse, uh, verse number 17. He says, I will, give, I will give him to eat of the hidden manna. That means not everybody's getting that. And he goes on to uh, or, or to uh, uh, talk about that. Here's what he says, or to illustrate that. And will give him a white stone. And in the stone, a new name written, watch this now, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth. Meaning, hey, hey look, no one else is going to know what you and Jesus have except you and Jesus. Now, everybody wants that close relationship with Jesus, right? Everybody wants to be an overcomer. Not everybody wants to overcome. He says, I'm going to give you a personal relationship with me, one that only me and you know. I know you better. God's saying, I know you better than anybody, and you can know me uh, in in a way that no one else can know. He says that to everybody. But individually, he says, but now listen, you have to overcome the practices and the philosophies of the world. You fill your mind with the music of the world, you ain't gonna live close to God. You watch a bunch of movies made by the world. You're not gonna live close to God. You stay on social media uh, and uh, watching and reading uh, the, the the philosophies and the practices of the world. You're not gonna be close to God. Now, everybody wants to be an overcomer. Everybody wants to be a winner for Jesus. Then stop living like a loser. Right. You don't have to. You're not a loser. You're saved. He loves you. He died for you. He has a plan for you. But if you want a close relationship with him, you're going to have to overcome the philosophies and practices of this world. Because he is an enemy. He is at enmity with the world. And you can't be friends with both at the same time overcomers who overcome the world's influence will find a personal relationship with God. You walk with Him every day. You read the Bible and He gives you things. He doesn't give everybody else. You pray and you have a sweet time of prayer that nobody else has. You get to talk to Him better than anybody. Some of y'all have people like that that you have a relationship with and you love and you enjoy and other people don't have that. Let me tell you why. Because you have overcame some things and that's why you have that relationship. If you want that relationship with God, you got to overcome the philosophy and the practices of the world. So if you overcome the philosophy and practices of the world, you can uh, to the overcomer, he gives a personal relationship. A white stone. That white stone would represent that personal relationship. Let's be real honest. Everybody in here knows Jesus is the rock. But I wonder who has a white stone. Now if you want one, you have to overcome the philosophies and the practices of the world. Number four, let me say this, look at verse number 20. The Bible says in verse 20, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that that, that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her a space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Skip down to verse 25. But that which, you have all, that which you have already, hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over nations. Now listen real good. If, in order to be an overcomer, you have to overcome the power of the flesh. Your flesh is wicked. You desire things you're not supposed to have. You desire things you're not supposed to have right now. And if you can overcome that flesh, he says, here's what an overcomer gets. Power over the nations. One day, y'all heard preachers say this, I've heard preachers say this, oh, can't wait, Jesus comes back and he gets us, we go to heaven, we're there for a thousand years, then we come back and He new heaven, new earth, and I'm going to be the mayor of Lexington. Y'all ever heard somebody say that? Yeah, if he's an overcomer, he might. He said, He's gonna give him power over the nations. He, he's gonna allow him us to rule and to reign with him. Let me just say this though. Not if you can't control yourself. That's one of the great things about dating the right way. You learn self-control. You learn that, hey, I really like her. I'd like to kiss her. Wake up. You need this. Yeah. I'd like to kiss her but I'm going to control my flesh. And you know what the gift of of being an overcomer is? You don't just get to control your flesh, but you'll get control or you'll be blessed with other power. Like, for instance, here's what the Bible says. If you can control your spirit, you're stronger than a man that can take a city. You know what Paul said he said I have to keep I have to keep my body in subjection what does it mean I have to control myself why because if I'm not then when I preach I'm a castaway I'm just wasting my words. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a big hypocrite uh, uh, whenever I get in front of folks and preach the Bible. Uh, l- l- let me just say this. If you're here and, and, and you uh, struggle with this area, whether it's dating, whether it's pornography, uh, no, no, no matter what it is, let, let me just help you. If you will overcome improper relationships and temptations and pornography and fornication, fornication, fornication. I mean, Bible college is pretty easy, all right? Go to class. Do your work walk with God, pay your bill, don't fornicate. You do those five things, you're going to do all right, for the most part. But if you can't grasp that, I'm just going to tell you right now, if you, if you spend your whole time here fornicating, let me, or, or, or you fall into fornication here, let me just say this, you don't, you've, not, you've missed the opportunity to learn one of the greatest things in life, which is controlling me controlling self. And ladies, if he can't control himself dating, he's not going to control himself when he's married. You ever wonder why these preachers commit adultery and molest children? They probably had a problem in Bible college with their eyes or with their hands, but they never learned to overcome They never learned to overcome. And so eventually, guess what? They're not in charge anymore. They lose the power of the nations because that's reserved to someone who learned to overcome. Now, you you can overcome whatever that is. Overcomers enjoy power and promotion and prestige not because of them, but because they learned to take care of controlling them. Number five, quickly, Revelation chapter 3, verse number 4. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot his I will not blot his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Now, now in, in Revelation chapter three here, as he talks to this church, he's talking about overcoming pollution. Pollution of your testimony. He he talks about defiling your garments. If you've ever, well, whenever you have kids, you'll know this for sure. Uh, You pick up a little girl. You're like, oh, you're so sweet. I'll see you later. Daddy's got to go preach. And she hugs you, and she has macaroni and cheese on her hands. But you didn't see it. And so it's on the back of your suit coat. Yeah. She defiled my garments, all right? Now, if I go and I go to preach somewhere and I'm walking around, you're like, oh, there's a big handprint of macaroni and cheese on his suit. Does that guy not wash his clothes? I've polluted my testimony as far as my garments, as far as my clothes. Here he says they have defiled their garments. He says, he says here that, 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 that they have, a, uh, they have a, a bad reputation, a bad testimony. But he says this, to him that overcomes, purity, white garments. I like white shirts. I like really white shirts, like not dingy yellow shirts. I like white shirts. And that, that represents purity. It, it, it's unblotted, he says. Uh, it, it represents forgiveness and restoration. You know, he's going to give us a white robe when we get to heaven. Some of you need to overcome who you were as a freshman. I've been teaching here for this to be my, my 15th year, I believe, 15 or 16th year. Ear. Let me tell you what I see a lot. See a guy come in, and he's, in, he's, a, he's a freshman, and he thinks this is youth department 2.0. Sleeps all during chapel, like, like 17 of you all are, okay? Jokes all the time, doesn't listen in class, doesn't pay attention, doesn't work on the bus route, never produces anybody, okay? Oh, he'll swallow a goldfish and run a mile, but never produces any visitors, never wins anybody to Christ, lies on his activity report, has a terrible testimony. And here's what I've seen happen. Sometime between a so, in their sophomore year or junior year, I've seen them change and res, or, or restore their testimony to the point where they graduate and it's like, maybe we should hire that kid. Because he's completely different. I mean, his freshman year, he didn't want to pay his bill. He 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 was he was behind all the time, but but man, he came back and he's just different. Uh, listen, some of you need to overcome who you were as a freshman. You can do that, by the way. You know, hey, you want that? You're like, oh yeah. When I graduate, you know, I want to have a good testimony. Uh, guess what? If you want to be an overcomer, they got to overcome. Good testimonies don't grow on trees. We don't sell them in the bookstore. Some of you may need to. Overcome who you've been this first month of college. Whether you're a freshman or a senior. Maybe you've been a jerk. Maybe you've been worldly or carnal. Maybe you've been a Pharisee and you've been mean and unkind. Overcomers don't have polluted testimonies. God blesses them with pure ones. And you may not have a pure one since the time you came to college. But you can change that if you overcome. He takes that defiled garment and he gives you a white garment. But you have to overcome. I can't do it for you. I can't say, man, he's a really great guy, but you know what? He's a little bit of a smart aleck and he he, he doesn't follow leadership. And, uh, you know, those are generally traits that lead to somebody that's great. But they have to learn to control their self. And they may have to restore their testimony. Number Number next, um, uh, look at verse number 11. Behold, I come quickly, hold fast that which, I got to hurry, which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Y'all see that, no man take thy crown? Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. So he's writing everything. It's like little kids that go to school the first time, and their mom writes their address on everything, the lunchbox, the pencil, everything. That's what, Jesus, that's what Jesus is saying here. He's like, listen, if you're an overcomer, if, if you're willing to overcome, now listen, here's what you got to overcome. He says that no man take that crown. Some of you going to have to overcome some people problems. You got some personalities mixing in the dorm room. You got some personalities at work. You got personalities on your bus. You got personalities in here, and everybody got different personalities. Us four got different personalities. But you want to learn to manage those those personalities. Uh, you're going to have to overcome that not everybody is exactly like you. Not everybody exactly likes you. And you got to overcome some of those people issues. But if you will, here's what he says He said, I'll make you a pillar in the church. I'll make you a pillar in the church and I'll put all the information needed for them to know me on you. Make you a pillar in the church and a testimony, I believe, in the community. Now, look, that doesn't happen overnight. You have to overcome. When you deal with people, they're going to hurt you, they're going to hate you, they're going to hinder you, and you still got a loved one. Do you hear me? That's one of the great parts about living in the dorms. You got three or four people living in there with you that you may not like, but you can't kill. That's going to help you when you're the youth pastor. And there's some teenagers you would like to kill. But you can't, even if their parents offer to pay you. It's illegal. When you get married, you think, "Oh, we're just gonna live on love and everything's gonna be happy all the time." I'm gonna tell you right now, the pe- people you're living with in that dorm are gonna help you because you're gonna get mad, and she or she's gonna get mad, and y'all gonna want to kill each other. But then you're gonna say, "Wait a second, I don't want to go to prison." <laughs> That's going to help you. It's going to help you in marriage. It's going to help you in ministry. But listen, but hey, hey, you got to overcome. Somebody says something and it hurts you. Hey, overcome, forgive, forgive. Don't store bitterness. Overcomers don't have bitterness. Forgive, move on, push forward. All right, last one, number six, chapter three, verse 20. I got to hurry. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in unto him and I will sup with him. I like that. Jesus like, sup with him, all right? Uh, And he with me. To him that overcometh, listen now, to him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me. Hey, look at this. Not around my throne. Do y'all see that? I love this part. In my throne. He's like, hey, check out that seat. but it's only to overcomers. So what do you have to overcome? you got to overcome pride. How do you know? Well, back up just a few verses. Look at verse number, um, verse number 17. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have not need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. You know what he's saying? He's saying you think you don't need anything and you are so broken. And one of the biggest problems that that I've seen uh, over the years and years of uh, being in Bible college let me tell you something some of you guys are unteachable. You're ready to to take the church at Clay's Mill. I mean, you know everything. You know more than Pastor Fugan. You're ready to be the bus director because you know more than Dr. Jorgensen. And you know how it's evident? Because you don't do your work in your class. Because you don't stay awake for what you're paying for, which is college. And and, and, And so what you're saying when you do that and you don't turn in an assignment or you don't listen in class, here's what you're saying. I don't need what you're teaching me. I know it all. That's pride. And when you're so full of yourself that God can't get in, there's no way that you overcome. But if you will overcome that pride, here's what he says you'll get. Look at it. Verse number 21. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me. If you could overcome that pride, here's what you get. The presence of God. How do you get it? Look at verse 21 again. Even as I also overcame. How did Je- what did Jesus overcome when he was here? Oh, a cross. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Crucify your flesh. That's how you deal with pride. You die to self. Ain't nobody ever raised up at a funeral and said, Hey, I don't like this tie. Because they're dead. They're dead. And if you want to please God, if you want to be an overcomer, you're gonna have to die to self. You're going to, have to, you're going to have to overcome being full of yourself or thinking you know everything or thinking you're better than everybody, thinking nobody has a good idea but you, thinking it's your way or nothing, uh, not accepting help or, or constructive criticism or wisdom from, from those who are, who are uh, your, your helpers or, or, or your leaders, uh, thinking that you, you are the best at everything and this is your world and we're just living in it. Overcomers are those who crucify themselves. They know if there's any good thing in me, it's not my flesh. It's God. Because just like he was crucified, I have to crucify me if I'm going to be an overcomer. That's all introduction. Let me give you the sermon. Go to Revelation twelve eleven. Say, remember, Brother Davis, I want to be a winner. I want to be an overcomer. How do I do that? I'm going to tell you right now. Revelation 12, 11, and then I'll be finished. And they, chapter 12, verse 11, and they what? They overcame him by, what? The blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Here's what it is. You want to overcome? Number one, it's the Savior. The blood of the Lamb. Who saved you? The same one that saves you empowers you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. Then it says the word of their testimony. The the Scripture the word of their testimony and, and their witness, the scripture, uh, and, and this, this would make me think of, okay, what I'm supposed to do, the word of their testimony, did, they did what they were supposed to do. Who, who saved you? What are you supposed to do? Then look right here. This, it says, they love not their lives, even unto death. Your surrender. What brought you here? What got you this far? your Savior, the Scriptures, and your surrender. You say, Brother Davis, I feel like a loser. You're not a loser. You're a winner. You've won. But if you want to be an overcomer, you got to learn to overcome. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray you would speak to hearts. I pray for every young person here that feels like a loser or feels feels like they